What's up? Welcome back to episode 5 of Keeping Stock. This week we're going to be taking a look at the rise of Yeezy. More specifically, the Adidas Yeezy brand. How Kanye has built something out of nothing and basically took over the second half of the 2010s with Adidas. But before we hop into that, I just want to remind you, Keeping Stock is a weekly sneaker podcast, providing you with a rundown of modern sneaker culture, upcoming releases from your favorite brands, sneaker history, financial analysis, guests, and more in fast-paced 20 to 30-minute podcast episodes. So sit back, relax, and unbox an episode of Keeping Stock now. So before we jump into the history of Adidas and Kanye West and their collaboration to create the Yeezy brand, we're going to take a look at the definition from everyone's reliable source, Wikipedia. They've labeled the Adidas Yeezy as a fashion collaboration between German sportswear brand Adidas and American designer Kanye West. The collaboration has become notable for its sneakers, and the Yeezy Boost sneaker line has been considered one of the most influential sneaker brands in the world. So, how did it all begin? Where did it all start? And I think if you aren't familiar with it, this is a great podcast, and if you are familiar with it, there are some very minute details that I learned while doing the research for this, but we're going to take it back to ground zero. It's 2013. Kanye West, the musician, is in between his release of Yeezus earlier in 2013, and it's about two and a half to three-ish years until The Life of Pablo is released. And so far, Kanye has worked with Nike to create the Air Yeezy and the Yeezy 2. And they've seen a tremendous amount of hype, not only in the sneaker community, but in the footwear community and the media outlets. And so Kanye understands the value that he's brought to Nike and is reevaluating his contract at this point. And that's one of the things that Nike has struggled with in the past with its creators is the ability to fairly compensate for the work and the eyes that they've brought to an already established brand. And typically you'll see collaborations where Nike will give someone a certain silhouette and let them pick certain colors for that silhouette and call it a collaboration. But Kanye, being this design artist, wanted to own his product. He wanted to start from scratch. He wanted it to be his, and he wanted to own everything. But in his contract, he didn't own everything. And further, the biggest stress point being he was unable to garner royalties with Nike. Essentially, they were just providing a portion of the sales to a charity of Kanye's choice. And you have to remember at this point, you know, we're in 2013, Kanye's worked with Bathing Ape, Louis Vuitton, Giuseppe, and oddly enough, in 2006, Kanye helped design a Roth Laver, which was scrapped by Adidas. And so he's been established in the footwear scene for a while and put out multiple limited, hyped, collaborative efforts, and he's beginning to understand his value. And essentially what he's been quoted to say is he just felt like another athlete, just someone else in the mix, not an independent creator or someone special for this project. He just felt that he was thrown into a group of everyone else at Nike, and Kanye wanted his own presence at that time. So tension was at an all-time high, and at this time, Adidas kind of hears these rumors and says, hey, Kanye, we know you've just left Nike. Things haven't gone too well. Uh, we want to come talk to you about you know, some potential projects in the future. And so they fly him out to Germany, the Adidas headquarters, and he is flown out also with Scooter Braun, notable agent of many celebrities, including Justin Bieber, 
who's a hit at this time as well. And Scooter Braun has helped negotiate for this deal to to work. That Kanye's going to get 15% royalties. So obviously a start from no royalties at Nike to 15% with Adidas. And then 100% ownership of Yeezy. And with those contract stipulations in there, Kanye agrees. So on December 3rd, 2013, Adidas struck this deal for $10 million. Since then, it's obviously been revamped and negotiated in some ways. But out of spite, Nike still owns the Air Yeezy, the Air Yeezy 2. And so Nike drops the Red Octobers on February 9th, 2014. And that's where one of Kanye's biggest problems was. He didn't own his own product, right? It's like you putting in all the work to make the best possible shoe you can, and then someone taking all the credit for it. And yes, we know he inspired it, but Nike still has the potential down the road to re-release the Air Yeezy 2 if need be. And so this goes down and end of 2013, 2014, a little bit quieter for Kanye, but he does manage to marry Kim Kardashian. They've been in contact over the few years of their careers, finally tie the knot. And I think here is where the buzz really starts to begin for Kanye. He's back in the prime limelight, keeping up with the Kardashians is in its prime. Kim's got her own business model. Kanye's got his, brings it to a whole nother level using their levels of business knowledge to scale, to put both their products in front of millions of new people or people who may have not been fans before, but are so attracted to either of them that they love any project that's put out there. And to take a quick detour, I think this is part of why Kanye is so successful in the spaces he's in, in the later stages of his career, kind of post purely music and more into this artist role, artist, creator, designer, and musician now. But it's his marketing, right? You look at Kanye's personality, whether it's something you agree with or you don't agree with, he manages to get into mainstream media and overcome just people who may just be interested in hip hop or sneakers or fashion. It's to the top of the line, the Today Show, Good Morning America, for all eyes. And that's a big struggle for a lot of designers. So when you look at some of these artists, you look at like Jerry Lorenzo or Virgil Abloh, who have worked with Kanye, and I'm sure they're still in a tight circle, you don't often see them headlining these shows with their designs and concepts or ideas. And so Kanye uses that personality to a large scale and then unveils product that is scarce and exclusive, very limited. It is a status symbol to some regards. You know, he may release sneakers in quantities of 9,000, 2,000, may do something very, very crazy and state some things that, once again, you may or may not agree with, but it brings attention back to Kanye. And another aspect of that marketing is it's all direct to consumer. You've never seen Adidas produce commercial for Yeezy. You just strictly see it on NBA athletes, NFL athletes, celebrities, influencers, moms at the grocery stores, your friends, your Instagram, everywhere. And most of the time, those aren't paid promotions. You're just seeing Yeezy come out organically directly to you. And you can see the way he's utilized some of his channels, such as his relationship in marriage with Kim. The Yeezy 6 advertising or marketing campaign where Kim was saw wearing Yeezy Season 6 clothing in odd environments like parking lots, McDonald's, Minute Marts, etc. 
And then they hired out influencers to essentially match or replicate what Kim was wearing with the wig and the outfit and post on their own Instagram accounts. And that campaign saw spikes of over 50% on certain search engines, people looking for Yeezy or what was Kim wearing or who are these influencers mimicking. All comes back to Yeezy. Once again, another direct-to-consumer that's getting in front of the masses, which is really, really difficult to do. Kanye also takes advantage of the paparazzi around him. He is debuting new models when he knows paparazzi is going to be out. Tactically dresses himself knowing where he's going, that there may be a photo taken, and it is a great place to debut a potential colorway, sneaker model, silhouette, etc. And, you know, a great example of this is when the Yeezy Basketball model was unveiled. He posted it to his own Instagram, not alluding to it, but there they were. Paparazzi picked it up, shared it. Sneaker community lit on fire. Instagram was curious to what was going on, and that unveiled it. We haven't seen it yet, but we know it's coming or could potentially come and continues to pique your interest. And that's one of the things that's often overlooked with Kanye besides his really, really loud personality is how he's utilizing it to scale his business and promote his product. Getting back on road from the marketing of how Kanye is pushing himself, we're going to back to the Adidas line, back to Yeezy. Now we've gone through 2014. Not much has happened. He's gotten married. We're still wondering what they're going to do for collaboration together. We're understanding what are the models going to look like. Is he going to do something similar to the Air Yeezy line? Is it going to be completely new? See random sketches here and there. And then on February 10th, 2015, posters began to pop up around New York with the silhouette of the 750. And people are wondering, is this really what Kanye is doing? How is the sneaker going to work? What does it feel like? This is definitely a different direction than what it was before. And Kanye has jumped from sportswear to more lifestyle on-trend silhouettes. As at this time, things that have started to catch on, like Chelsea boots, designer footwear to the mainstream public has become more affordable, we see the 750 being promoted in New York City. And then on the Adidas Confirmed app, when they roll that out just for the 750, it's limited to 9,000 pairs on All-Star Weekend. So if you're familiar with the sneaker community, you can imagine the buzz of how limited that sneaker was, 9,000 pairs, get your hand on it. One as a status symbol, one as the resale value, the profit you can make, the first design from Adidas and Kanye. There's a, a lot of different levers being pulled here to strike people's attention. And so Kanye comes out and says it's inspired by the Marty McFly shoes and the Uggs, which you can definitely see by this kind of slender high top boot Ugg looking shoe with the boost material. And so that comes out in a very limited quantity. And then later that year, June 27th, 2015, we see the Turtle Dove release, a completely new model, 350, dropped in a low top, same outsole and midsole, completely new colorway, completely new styling, very minimal, that still catches the eye. And I think that's really where the Yeezy itself started to take off, is with the 350 model. 750 model was something unique and some people really weren't sure how they were going to pull that off as people are still transitioning from sportswear with athletic shoes to this more minimal streetwear vibe, right? This is mid-2010s. And so what the trends we're seeing now are just starting at this time and maybe influenced by Kanye. 
And the other thing that Kanye did well during this time is he utilized a stable of veteran and upcoming designers. More specifically, he took an upcoming designer in Sally Memburi, who had worked with greats in Colon at the time, to help get his influence on different silhouettes and models. And, you know, they specifically haven't talked to what model Soleil has worked on with him, but I'm sure that young influence helped out. And you can see that propelled Soleil to go be the head of footwear for Versace. You also have to think that stable that I mentioned earlier, where you see Jerry Lorenzo, Virgil Abloh, who still probably provides some insight onto these designs that Kanye's done in some regards to say, wow, this you could tweak this this way, or you could use this material or try pushing the zipper here or the laces this way. Another great resource. And when you look at the design director for Yeezy brand, Stephen Smith, you'd expect to have been with Adidas or Nike for a long time, but actually worked with New Balance, outdoor shoe brand Keen, and also helped develop the Reebok Instant Pump Fury. And uniquely enough here, this relationship kind of kind of dug through some of the scrap designs from Stephen Smith, and that's how he found the Yeezy 700. It was a scrap design that was rejected by some of those other brands. And together, they kind of came up with this idea to try to eliminate lacing or the stitching in shoes, which we can kind of see them moving towards slowly, and maybe it'll happen. But using that plethora of knowledge in the Yeezy brand has really helped Kanye scale with his independence and not being given just three or four designers in-house, him seeking that talent and bringing them in with the help of Adidas. And so at this point, you know, the Turtle Dove had released June 27th, 2015. And then, you know, we see some other colorways come in and out. And February 14th, 2016, the Life of Pablo releases and the track Facts releases on that album where Kanye makes the infamous line, Easy just jumped over Jumpman. Now, it's tough to say what this is based on. Is it hype? Is it sales? And to me, it's it's really tough, right? Jordan Brand is established. It's world-renowned. All kids love Jordan Brand. And the thing here is a lot of people, when they think of Jordan Brand, is they think of just the retros, right? Ones, fours, elevens, maybe some of the more performance models, like the 34 that's out now. But you know, when I worked in retail, every big box retailer you go to has a Jordan section where it's just their general inline one flights or slides or some other more affordable version that sell 20 to 1, 30 to 1 in every store because there's someone who doesn't know about retros and is buying that Jordan brand. However, Yeezy is very, very new and it's growing. And it's tough to see the financial statements because Yeezy is not an independent branch of Adidas. So that's all tied in together. But you can say it has helped influence the growth of Adidas because in 2013, when Kanye signed with Adidas, their stock was $61. Today, Adidas stock is $162. Once again, this could is a larger picture where I'm sure Kanye has helped push Adidas to continue to grow and expand and get other collaborators like Pharrell. Beyonce, who just signed Donald Glover, etc., and bring in some of that hype and push and market some of these products. And once again, competition is good for the marketplace. You don't have someone monopolizing the the products. However, Kanye has tapped into that foreign market very well, as I alluded to at the beginning of the episode. You can go to the store and see someone you'd never expect in a pair of Yeezys, 
like a mom or, you know, a 50 year old man, um, NBA players, everything in between it very popular overseas in that minimal lifestyle streetwear scene as when you think of Nike, Nike basketball may not be huge over there because it is a little bit clunky. They still like the players, but may not be wearing it off court, etc. And so it's definitely growing. And Kanye essentially wants Yeezy to be the Lamborghini of shoes. And it's quoted to say that the Yeezy brand itself is supposed to top 1.5 billion by the end of 2019 to the end of this year. Is it true? Gonna be tough to tell. However, they are making moves to scale. Recently, you know, in Wyoming where Kanye has been multiple times for various albums, he's bought a $14 million ranch with 4,500 acres, which also used to be part of the Mountain Equipment Company, which he wants to build the prototype lab. And I'll link an article below in regards to Billboard's research into Kanye going to Cody, Wyoming, and the locals' opinions. Very polarizing on both ends. A fascinating read if you have time. And so it'll be interesting to see where Kanye and Yeezy brand moves to in 2020, because the thing we haven't talked about is the clothing, which really hasn't hit off quite yet. In fact, Yeezy itself, the season one, was dropped by Adidas after that and wasn't picked up until season six. Still trying to find that price point in the styles that hit with consumers to scale that side of things. However, we've seen a slew of models. We've seen the Power Phase, the 350 V1, V2, V3, the Cleat. We've seen the 380 or the 350 V3, the newest kind of alien looking model, the 500, the 700, the 750, the 950, the easy slides, infant sizes, kid sizes, everything in between. So it's only just getting started for Yeezy, which is a crazy thing to think about. And if it continues to scale scale the way it does, it could potentially be a staple in big box retailers where there always is a more affordable Yeezy product in store. But until then, only time will tell. And that's the history of the Yeezy brand with Adidas. Further, John Wexler was just promoted to the head of Yeezy, which he's helped acquire many, many different talents to a to Yeezy in the past or Adidas in the past. And it'll be fascinating to see what his connections can do for the Yeezy brand. But until then, just keep a close eye on Yeezy and see what he's going to do, I guess. So with that being said, let me know what you guys thought about this deep dive into the Yeezy brand. Was it stuff you knew? Was there new things you picked up? Do you think it's going to continue to grow? Do you think it's going to fall off? Go and let me know on social media. It's at keeping underscore stock. Also in the show notes below. And if you haven't, go ahead and follow the podcast. Leave a comment, leave a like, share it. It'd help me. I love making this content for you guys. And if you made it this far, coming up next is going to be upcoming releases and cool content. If you're going to dip out after this, I respect it. And I'll catch you next week. But before we get to that upcoming content and releases, let's take a break. Keeping Stock can be found on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Stitcher, and much more. Make sure to like us, favorite, or rate us on your favorite podcast platform, along with following Keeping Stock. That way you can be notified each and every Sunday when a new episode is uploaded, and you're in touch for the newest content, potential giveaways, and interviews. So make sure to follow us on your favorite platform. So let's start with some of the cool content from this past week for me personally. I went and saw Uncut Gems with Adam Sandler, 
Lakeith Stanfield, Kevin Garnett by the Safdie Brothers, executive produced by Martin Scorsese. And I'm not going to try to spoil it. I think it's definitely a thrill ride. It's going to leave you on the edge of your seat. People around me said they felt like they had a panic attack for two hours. It's unconventional. It might be Sandler at his prime. Very difficult role to handle. Some crazy scenes in there. Really fun, especially if you're into sports as well or gambling. It is a very unique take on that side of the culture. But I was pleasantly pleased. It was worth my couple of dollars or whatever I spent to go see it. And I think if you were to see it, you'd have to see it in theater because it is predicated a lot on sound, colors, atmosphere. And if you don't have the right sound system at home, you may not get that or get the emotion that is provoked from the movie. A24 has been killing it with their films, and this may be the movie of the year. Um, Up there for me with uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, I liked The Last Black Man in San Francisco, Knives Out, etc. I did break out the Christmas LeBron 7 that I recently picked up from Lapstone and Hammer. Wore that to the to the movie. Love LeBron 7. Maybe one of my favorite models of all time. And still comfortable. Uh, really enjoyed that one. Looking forward to picking up The Golden Moon, which is supposed to come out soon. Luka Doncic signed with Jordan Brand. Very great signing. They have a lot of young talent between Tatum, Zion Williamson, and Doncic. And Doncic doesn't only carry U.S. hype. I'm sure foreign hype is huge. And it's going to be great for Jordan, who's slowly and slowly been pushing that foreign market to continue to grow in that basketball scene and lifestyle wear. And then Travis Scott released Jack Boys, the Don Tolliver, Sheck West, Pop Smoke, Seven Tracks. I mean, Don Tolliver is a, a star, I think. Young Thug and Travis Scott might need their own mixtape together. Uh, Sheck West had his moments. Pop Smoke's definitely coming up as well. Enjoyed that, that little album they put out. And that's some of the cool content that I vibed with this week. And so let's hop into the upcoming sneaker releases. And so what I'm going to be giving you is the releases for December 29th to January 4th, essentially. That way, it's a week in advance. This first one is the Adidas Night Jogger with Ninja, the Shreamer. Very interested to see how this goes and how it's received because it could be a big push for the sneaker market and sneaker brands in general if these streamers are selling massive amounts of product. It's another type of influence to tap into in another market to gain a share of. And so those release on the 31st for $150. Once again, this colorway of the time in, Night Jogger, White, Collegiate Navy, Collegiate Royal, not so much for me. Don't know why they call it the Jogger because I wouldn't run in these. It looks like it's going to hurt the knees after about a mile, mile and a half. Um, And then we also see an Air Force One coming out on New Year's Day in pink and quartz uh, with Galactic Jade, an Air Trainer SC High, pink quartz, Wash Corral, Air Trainer SC High in kind of a NYX colorway, another night jogger, and that's going to be Royal Blue Gray Cloud White, another night jogger, which seems to be their kind of like new NMD vibe. Uh, more reinforced version uh, with a little bit more detail, not as minimal. And the Cloud White Core Black High Res in Red, Asics Gel Light 3, and White Flash Coral. Coral, not so much for me. Uh, the Nepenthes NY Rebound Workout Plus. They can keep these. These are these look like orthopedic shoes. Um, then we have the Nike Akedan Pack, um, which is a variety of running models. So 
that comes out on the second. That's the Pegasus Turbo, the Vaporfly Next Percentage, the um, Rival Fly, the Zoom Fly, Pegasus 36. What I'm here for is the China Moons. I don't know why I call them Golden Moons earlier, but uh, those Nike LeBron 7s come out on the second for $200. Definitely try to get my hands on these with the gold toe upper mixed with white the Air Max, uh, 360 Air Max, just a hit for me. I hope they're easy to get like the Christmas LeBron 7 was because I'm going to try to grab those. The Nike Kobe 5 Pro Tro Chaos, as you may know, I referenced that in the last episode, uh, some of the better colorways of Chris, NBA Christmas in the past. We also see the Reebok Question Mid. And actually, now that I think about it, going back to the Kobe 5 Pro Tro Chaos or Joker, they released a pretty sweet pair with Nike 2K where I think it was you scored 40 points in a certain game mode and linked up your sneakers account and NBA 2K, you could get access to get the pair. And there's only 2,000 pairs available, so super limited and kind of shows for the people that know that you're apparently legit at the video game, so to speak. Not a big 2K guy, even though I did play basketball for a large portion of my life at a very competitive level. I just can't get down with 2K. Um, and then we also have the Reebok question mid and kind of a gray and pink suede and then a LeBron, uh, 17 infrared, um, that is kind of inspired by the infrared six. So really out of that list, the only things I'm really going to go after is that Nike LeBron seven China moon. And thanks for listening guys. I hope you pick something up with the Yeezy portion or maybe you go see uncut gems, um, or maybe you pick up some of these sneakers. I'd love to interact with you on social. Big shout out to everyone from New Zealand, Australia, Korea, England, and Africa who've tuned into the podcast. Saw a surge there, which was fun. So continue sharing. Um, so we're building some sort of an international audience. And, you know, it's also great to interact with people from different portions of the world. I'm thankful to be in the position I am to share this content with you guys. And with that being said, I'll catch you guys next time.